And I am aware now. Aware now. The official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. An artistic director and founder of a body neutral professional dance company, a deaf ballerina, a chronic illness advocate, and homeschooling mother of two daughters, Bailey Ann Vincent is an invisible illness insurgent living with a progressive disease, a variant of cystic fibrosis. And yet, even with five robot parts, over five internal organs removed, and an ever-evolving cycle of infections, treatments, and infections, she catches her breath and carries on. Thank you so much, Bailey Vincent, for joining us here on Aware Now. Thank you for sharing this time and this space to share your story. Thank you. Thank you. So here's the thing. You dance. Despite a body that seems to not want to help or fix itself, you dance. Bailey, for those unfamiliar with your story, please tell us about your condition. So I have a sort of rogue version of cystic fibrosis. So it's like being a mutant within a world of mutants in the sort of most beautiful and complicated way. Um, And so it impacts almost everything. And um, for me, it in particular impacts most of my internal organs. So my pancreas, my liver, my colon, intestines and stomach and all of that. Uh, It's impacted my heart, it's impacted my sinus, my lungs, and it's also impacted my sort of skeletal system, which a lot of people don't associate with cystic fibrosis, will think of it as a lung disease. Uh, And so in my case, it's really impacted as of late my spine and my hips and sort of the health of my bones. And then it's also impacted my hearing. So I am among sort of a, a small subset, but very real existing population of those with cystic fibrosis who also are deaf or have hearing loss. Wow, wow. Um, so a lot going on. And yet, with everything that's going on, I'm sure you hear, you're a dancer, you look amazing, it can't be all that bad. How many times have you heard this, Bailey? And what is your go-to response to that? I definitely have heard either that you that I don't look sick, which is sort of a catchphrase of people, which we often think is complimentary and, and people are trying to be kind. Or I've even heard that I don't look deaf, which of course the question is, well, what does deaf look like? But I most definitely um, and met even by my own doctors who, if I'm meeting a new doctor for the first time and they look at my chart and they see sort of what my insides are made of, they have an idea of what my outsides should be made of. And so then are surprised when they find that I am a professional dancer. But I think it definitely goes back to that old adage of that you never know what's going on inside of somebody. So what we see on the outside, whether we think someone's mental health is amazing or we think they're feeling great that day, we, we all sort of wear our own masks, I think. And when we see someone who's dancing on stage and we think that they look really strong or really healthy, which I often will hear, which is very kind of someone to say, I do definitely enjoy um, 
people's kindnesses. But I think sometimes we will project sort of what we hope to see. Like if someone doesn't want to know that you're suffering, they will see a strength in you that they hope is there. Or if they're suffering with illness, then they'll project something onto you because they they want to be able to see the strength in someone else that they're searching for, I guess. Um, not to call myself strong, but often I think that just what we see on the outside doesn't always match what we see on the inside as kind as we all are trying to be to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so yes, that's, that's one of the things, right? With invisible disabilities, um, things aren't always what they appear to be. Um, you know, so let's talk more about dancing for you. It wasn't enough to be this fabulous professional dancer. You needed your own fabulous professional dance company. So you founded Company 360, a body neutral professional dance company using the power of art to tell stories and affect change. I want to pause here a moment for those unfamiliar with body neutral. Please explain what that means and why it's an important part of your company. I think that we might be familiar at this time with the term body positive, which is so very needed and is of course sort of the movement of us not all trying to fit into one size pair of pants to feel valid and accepted in the world. And there is so much sizeism in particular in dance to an extreme. So most of us, when we think of a ballerina, the first thing that pops in our mind is a very specific body uh, or a very specific image. And so with body neutrality, we're trying to take the body positive concept and create a body positive dance company, which unfortunately there are very few of those in the world, but then also be able to sort of meet our bodies where they are that day. So if, if someone who is struggling with how their jeans fit that morning when they went to work and then they're coming to dance with us. We're not expecting everybody to feel amazing about um, the skeletons we were born into and couldn't choose, but that we're going to try to take those skeletons and create things that hopefully will move an audience because I, I really do believe that it's not it's not our size, that it's not our body that moves an audience, it's how we move our body that moves an audience. Right, right, absolutely. Um, you know, so more about your company. Each year, Company 360 presents two original, I love, original full-length narrative dance works. So I'm gonna talk specifically about your most recent across. If you would, please set the scene, set the stage, please describe the story that comes to life through dance on your stage. So with Across, we took sort of the concept of Pyramus and Thisbe, which is like the original Romeo and Juliet. And then we we rethought it and retooled it and imagined it in this dystopian sort of post-apocalyptic world where two cultures are divided by a wall. And of course, two star-crossed loves fall in love uh, despite this wall. And we actually in the live version have made the wall made up of dancers. So it's a living wall. So it's it's as if these dancers are drafted, these performers are drafted into this wall and have to serve dividing these two cultures. 
We also will do our, we'll create these original shows um, and have a live performance. Then we'll create a cinematic dance film of it so that if someone can't come to the live performance, perhaps the theater um, is not accessible to them due to their health. They might be stuck in the hospital or they can't travel or they can't afford theater tickets then they can watch this dance film and feel like they're literally part of the show because our videographers are on stage and in the dances with us. So it sort of makes it an immersive experience and hopefully a more accessible experience. And then I also write a novel that goes along with each show. So the stories have multiple modalities that someone, depending on how 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 art would speak to them the most or how they would find art the most accessible they can pick their modality to enter that story and all of our stories at least the on stage versions are languageless versions in the sense that we use our bodies our body language our facial expression and dance to tell the stories which means that someone with any element of no matter their neurodivergency whether they're deaf like i am um or even if they just speak a different language and are you know new to where we live anyone can access these stories because we all understand facial expression body language we all understand and connect to dance and music. So that ultimately is not just the goal of a cross, but all of our original stories. I love that. I love it. And I'm a word nerd. And so for you to say this, and how can I love this so much? It has no words, and yet I love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, so speaking of words, in addition to being a dancer, you are a writer. From the books you've authored, the social media posts you craft, for which even your image descriptions, even your descriptions are so eloquently written. Uh, your writing is saturated with depth. It's steeped in so much detail that artistically articulates aspects of your life. My question for you, Bailey, is why do you write? It is, um, is it a way to heal yourself or is it a way to heal others? What's your why behind your writing? Well, I can tell you're a writer from how all of these questions are so beautifully crafted yourself. Um, and thank you so much. I think that for me, I definitely write because I write for the same reason that I dance. It's an escape. Um, and so it's for me, it's a way of processing feelings, much like you're a word nerd. I, I also um, see you and feel you with that. And I think that it's almost like whenever there's a certain pain that hits my body, um, depending on whatever the surgery or the infection or the thing that's going on, or even just the pain of a certain emotion or a situation, um, that I, that's how I cathartically uh, express it, is to put it down into words. So if I'm angry about something, I will write a very, hopefully Michelle Obama style, elegant letter about that anger. Or if I'm feeling an emotion, I'll try to write that down. And that applies to the stage where I think it allows me to, when I'm on stage or when I'm writing for that brief moment, I'm not in my body. So I'm allowed to be someone else, maybe someone who doesn't have pain or someone who finds the right words. Because in person, I often 
might struggle to find the perfect thing to say or be overcome with emotion, but when we write out our feelings, we can almost tell ourselves the way that we hope to think and then trick ourselves into believing it. So if I'm feeling very pessimistic about, say, a medical situation, but I work through it with writing, it's sort of like a, a way of helping myself feel the things that I wish I was strong enough to feel to begin with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. Um, thank you so much. That's a beautiful why. Uh, one more question for you today, Bailey. For those who struggle catching their breath with a condition that they have or with the circumstance they find themselves in, what advice do you have for carrying on? I think we all have to find the thing that makes the inevitable pain in life regardless of the circumstance because it's inevitable none of us are getting off this planet without being scorched multiple times i think we have to find the thing that pushes us um and that essentially it sounds cliche but not to say gets us out of bed because when i think of someone like frida kahlo some of her most beautiful work was created when she was in bed um going through endless traumas and surgeries and that's when she painted but she didn't paint for her partner diego she didn't paint because that's what she was being told to do that's just the thing that made her open her eyelids every morning so to speak and i really do feel that when we tell people that's mind over matter or to you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps i don't think that that is enough like if if i could mind over matter i would be fine right now i would be healed i would have no pain i would be dancing with much more ease than i am but for me whether it's disappearing into a character or disappearing into a piece of writing or creating a dance because that's my distraction of the day finding the thing that for a brief moment makes the pain worth it i think is the only way um really to get through because the the pain is going to happen whether we want it to or not so it's not that the that we can avoid the pain it's choose it's sort of choosing our pain picking the pain that feels worth it picking the times that pushing ourselves even if it causes pain makes it feel worth it and then the times when it doesn't and we need to rest and listen to our bodies so i guess to me like pain and passion there's always going to be an overlap whether it's in our minds expressing something being difficult or whether it's in our bodies because executing something is is difficult finding the overlap where pain and passion can create purpose that's the that's the way i think to try to get through this life right right and i love how you just close there with this intersectionality between pain and and purpose that's there um certainly with passion being instrumental in all of that as that driver so thank you so much bailey for sharing your story for sharing your thoughts um for helping all of us become a bit more aware now thank you so much thank you for everything that you're doing thank you <laughs> Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit 
IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.